words coming forth tonight, and I have my expectors on, and I'm expecting great and mighty things, and I know that it'll be a great word coming, and I can't wait for it. I'm going to ask Brooklyn to lead us in some prayer, and we'll get into some praise and worship. You sure? You don't want to? Good try. Ryan, you want to lead us in prayer? Uh, Christina. Oh, there we go. There we go. What he told me was uh, Jessica's on a breathing machine and she can't breathe on her own. So uh, we need to be in prayer for her and that uh, he needs prayer as well because yeah. he was pretty much distressed when I talked to him. He was going to the hospital. So uh, let's lift her sister up and her whole family tonight. Amen. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Almighty God, we come Father to you this God, evening, Lord, and we just pray and ask you to bless our sister Jessica, Lord. We pray, God, for her breath to return. We pray this oxygen saturation in her body raised to normal, Lord. I just pray, God, against this illness and this sickness, God, to deliver her back to this bed, Lord, and restore her to health and wellness. Father, we take away authority over everything, God, to give her come the enemy, Lord. I pray, Father, Lord God, that you minister to her spiritually and lift up her spirits, God. Father, God, I pray that you give her health. Spirit, Lord, I pray for Jeffrey, Lord, and just ask you to give him peace and strength. And Lord, just help him, God, and his kids. I just pray for all the whole family, God, and bring them to you. Lift them up to you, Lord, for Christ. Bless them, God, just in this situation they're in. We just look to you for healing and wellness, God. We give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. I want to share some word with you tonight. I want to share some things that the Lord has been has been dealing with me about and has convicted me about he's moved on I had this come to me and I want to start off with this and it may seem kind of odd but you'll kind of see you'll get the you'll get the gist of it as we go um, this has been coming to me for a while now and I know it's gonna seem odd when I say it so so don't jump the gun the Lord had been dealing with me for a while, and I'd see, I'd see people celebrating, and not that celebrating is wrong. I would see people engaging in, in activities and different things like that, and there was nothing wrong with those activities at all. But the Lord would touch my heart. He would, he, he would speak to me. And I've been feeling for quite some time now, when I would see these things, the Lord would speak to me, and he said, it's not a time for laughing. And it would hit my heart again, and I would see it again. He said, this ain't a time for laughing. And I was like, what do you mean, though? Because these people are, are, are doing things and enjoying life and, and, and trying to go through life. And that was the thing that he began to deal with me about was, is that the season 
in America has changed. The season has changed. And he showed me, he said, it's not a time for laughing no more. It's not a time for, for, for laughing. It's not a, a time for giggling. And I remembered that because when he told me that, I thought about when I was a kid. And, I, and I, I remember my parents would get on to me. It's like, stop giggling. Your teacher in class would say that, stop giggling. It ain't time for playing. It ain't time for giggles right now. And the Lord spoke to me and said, it ain't time for giggling. It ain't time for laughing. And I went to Ecclesiastes, which explains it perfectly. And Ecclesiastes, in verse 4, it said, uh, a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. He said, everybody's laughing and dancing and they should be weeping and mourning. That's what he spoke to my heart. And that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy life. It doesn't mean that you can't enjoy the things that you're doing. It doesn't mean you can have, we can have fun together and enjoy ourselves. But there's something about this season that we're in that is different. There's something about the season that we're in right now where God is saying, no laughing. It's ain't time for laughing. It's time to be serious. You, do you, am I the only one that gets the feeling that, that God is saying it's time to be serious? Because I don't think I am. Pastor and I have talked about this off and on. And it's taken me a while to really put this together to, for it to make sense because it's been going on for quite a while now. And every time I would see it and he would speak that to me, I said I, I just would go on about it. And at times I even thought it was for myself. And then I realized it was about the season that we're in. The season that we're in is a serious season. Um, Pastor ministered a message this morning that absolutely hits home. Prayer and the need for it. And the need for not only individual prayer, but people individually coming to a place with God where the things that were once weights to you are being cast off and a a zeroed-in focus to God is needed in order to accomplish what we need to accomplish. I'm see. I'm, if you haven't noticed the theme, correct me if I'm wrong. If you haven't noticed, scripturally speaking, that I'm seeing this more now in the scriptures as pastors minister these. God is showing me this in scripture. For so long, I think the church has always wanted to point a finger at the world and say. It's y'all's sin and fault that all this has happened. Yeah. But scripture says it's the church's fault that this has happened. Yeah. I'm starting to see this more and more. It's starting to really take scope. And the picture starting to really come together that it was the church's responsibility all along. And, and what seems to me that has happened is that a blame casting game started somewhere in the 60s and Blame was cast. No, it's your fault. Well, no, it's your fault. And no one took accountability. Well, that leads me to the point that we're at now. And this is very solemn to me because God is, when I say God has been dealing with me, I'm talking about a, a burning in my chest and in my spirit that, that I cannot explain when God is speaking to me. And I, I feel in my spirit that there is a time frame a time frame. We're going to talk about that tonight. There is a time frame. We're in a time frame. I had a revelation this morning. I'm going to share that with you with something that pastor said right in line with what he said and, and, uh, and in conjunction with a time for everything. And the season that we're in is not a season of, of laughing and joking and 
And as, as, uh, as Pastor mentioned this morning, everybody's, everybody seems to be having a good time and not really paying attention to what's really going on. Starting, it was before this, but the, the COVID incident and the COVID season that we've been in is, has been a, a wake-up call. Yeah. It's been a wake-up call. Right. But it actually, according to the, the, the scriptures and something that the Lord spoke to me this morning, I want to share that with you, that there's actually a time frame here, and I want to show it to you. And let's go to Matthew. wonder man pastor he preached the message on Sunday morning man they're hard he preached that hard message he be giving it to us you could feel it in the atmosphere this morning couldn't you I'm not ashamed to say it man I was getting busted up that's okay I've been busted up a lot lately I've weeping a lot more lately than I have been in the past couple years of my life thank you Jesus that's okay there's nothing wrong with that but something has happened. And I don't believe I'm the only one that God has been knocking on the door saying, hey, it's time to rise up. Amen. Come on, it's time to rise up. Amen. Something's, something's about to happen. Something's about to take place. Yep. And God has always prepared his children. He's always never failed to prepare his children for what's to come. He's never failed to, to speak to us and to put us where we need to be with him, speak to us words of wisdom, make sure that we're ready and prepared. He's never failed on that. But the, the catch is that you actually have to be listening to catch it. Right. you got to be listening. But if you're not listening, you'll miss it. And I've seen this in Matthew. And this, this word came to me today. And I'm not going to, when I get there, I'll tell you what that word was. Chapter 25 of Matthew, the parable of the ten virgins. Matthew 25, starting in verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. So the, the first thing I want to make sure that we understand about the virgins is, is that they're all virgins. Okay? Now, symbolically, we look at that as being the body. That's the body. The body of Christ. In that all of these virgins belong to God. They're his. And this is where, if you read this, seeing some of the things that I've seen recently and hearing some of the things I've heard recently and then coming to chapter 25 and verse 1, and he speaks to me again, showing me the, uh, the parameters of what's about to take place. He said, the parameter is, is that we don't have a bunch of sinners over here and we got a bunch of church people over here. What we have is, is all church people. Some of them, though, are wise and some of them are unwise. Okay? Look, verse 2, And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. What does the oil represent? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. The Bible speaks specifically that the Holy Spirit is your seal 
unto the day of redemption. Amen. He's your seal. He's what you wear inside of you. That's a seal that I can't see per se, but I know it's there. He sealed me unto the day of redemption. So we've got 10 churchy people. Five of them were wise, five of them were unwise. And he said, and the five of them were wise were, uh, and five were foolish. And that they were foolish, took their lamps, but took no oil with them. They got the equipment, okay? Are we clear on that? They got the equipment, but they ain't got nothing to light it with. Now, up to this point, visually speaking, there is no differentiation between them. The Bible simply says that five were wise and five were foolish. We can't really tell if you were looking at them because they all look like they're doing the same thing. And how we know that is because they were virgins, number one, that segregates them. And then what also se separates is that they were all carrying lamps. Right? So up to this point, we don't know the difference. If you were to look at them with a visual eye, they all look the same. But there's a big difference. The wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Now, verse 5 is where the Lord began to speak to me. Slumbering and sleeping in this context isn't necessarily a bad thing. I want you to understand that in verse 5, though, we have what's given to us as a timeline. The timeline begins. You say, what, the, what do you mean by timeline? I mean, let's just put it this way. The timeline of life. It's going, right? Go through the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. The bridegroom tarried, and they all slumbered and slept. In this context, they waited. We're waiting, waiting for the return. Everybody's, everybody's waiting for the return of the king. Every, or in this, in this scripture, this parable, waiting for the groom to come get the bride. And so... They're all, uh, they're all slumbering and sleeping, and so there's this timeline that's going. And then in verse 6, it says, And at midnight, there was a cry made. So we actually switch gears from one timeline, and all of a sudden, we see a season in. And this is what the Lord spoke to me this morning. Pastor, you said something this morning, and I don't remember what it was specifically. You were speaking about how prayer was preparing us. Being prayerful. Maybe God is... I think the way you termed it was God is maybe he's putting us and getting us ready with more prayer because of what's to come and what's ahead. And the Lord immediately, when you said that, he quickened me and he said, the cry has gone out. And immediately I come to chapter 25 of Matthew. And he said, the season that you are in right now is the cry. That's the cry. And I, I never quite looked at it that that way before because I've never looked as the cry with the virgins as being on a timeline. He said, right now, your timeline, the cry, you're in the cry. Or in some interpretations, your Bible might say the call. The call is being made. Get ready. He's coming. Anybody that will hear, get ready. He's coming. The cry is being made. I never looked at it that way before and when pastor said that this morning when he said the cry is being made you are in the season right now of the cry are you listening and this 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 really began to move me spiritually it began to really deal with me are you listening to the cry can you hear it can can you hear him calling everybody get ready he's about to make his return everybody get ready it's almost time and so when he spoke that to me of course, you know, me, 
I'm thinking in earthly terms, I'm like, okay, okay, give me, give me a better idea. When? What are we talking about here? We got a, what do we got? Six months? What do we got? Ten months? What do we got a year? Where are we at? Obviously, we're never told. We don't know. Do you hear the cry? Do you hear it? He's crying. The cry is being made. Get ready. Now, who did he say this to? He said it to the ten. Okay? He said it to all ten of them. He said, I want you to prepare yourself. I want you to get ready. And he said, the cry was made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. It's time to go. You better get ready. He's about to make his, he's about to make his return. He's about to come and get you. There's nothing to me. This, this was another thing that the Lord really showed me. How much he loves us. Now, you th I want you to just back up for just a minute. I want you to think about your spouse. You're married tonight. I want you to think about your spouse. Before you got married, you know, there's this the, the early and the young love type scenario. And, you know, you're looking into her eyes and she's looking into yours. And the intent is, by all intents, I want to marry you. I want to I I spend the rest of my life with you. And the Lord showed this to me. He said, that's exactly the way I look at you. He looks at you and says, I'm going to marry you someday. That's what he's saying. He said, I'm going to marry you someday. We're going to, you're going to come to me, and we're going to be together forever. That's amazing. And, and he said, that's what I want to do with you. That's his full intent for his people is nothing but pure intimacy. That's what he wants. He's like, I just got nothing but intimacy. I got nothing but love for you. And one day, we're going to get married. One day, you're going to come, I'm going to bring you to be with me, and forever, you'll always be with me. But at this point, he's making his return. He said, all right, he's coming. Go out to meet him. It's time. Verse 7 says, then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Who all trimmed their lamps? All of them. Every one of them. Every one of them said, oh, here he comes. It's time. Everybody hears, right? There's, there's no, no one's being excluded here. This is where God has really been showing me that a lot of these scriptures, we're, we're, we're too often the church is looking at someone else other than the church. And Pastor, you mentioned this a couple weeks ago. What does judgment begin? In the house of God. It's all going to start right here. It's all going to start in God's house. Yes, I know God's house is really here. I understand that. But we also have a body here, a body of people that he desires to be effective for the lost. So yes, he's dealing with bodies also. Absolutely. He's dealing with people. And so, so as he as he is dealing with us and preparing us, and here in verse 7 he says, Then all those virgins arose and they trimmed their lamps. They're all getting ready. And the foolish said unto the wise, Whoop, wait a second, we got a problem. They're trimming, they're they're like, we're going, right? We're all in this together. We're all in this together, right? Yeah, we're all in this together. I'm trimming mine. You're trimming yours. Here we go. All right, let's go. Wait a second. I'm missing something. Can I get some from you? Now, at that moment, we've got a problem. Because not only are you in the wrong, you've been wrong for quite some time. Because, why? Because you weren't listening to the cry. You see, the cry, at the cry, and you're going to notice this here in a minute because we're, we're about to move into another section of the timeline. Because at this point, he says, the, the timeline is to go, to wake, awaken out of your slumber, get up, and go meet him. They understand that a part of this process is to trim the lamps and to get them ready. Get prepared. 
And so he says, the foolish say unto the wise, give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, not lest there be not enough for us in you, but go you rather to them who sell and buy for yourselves. Think with me for just a minute. See, now we've shifted gears. You had an opportunity to go and do it. You had your opportunity. You had, a, you had your opportunity to prep. There was a timeline that was given. God never fails on this. Same way with in the Old Covenant, when you look at the way that he dealt with, uh, dealt with Israel, there was a timeline before the prophets would come and warn, right? They would give a warning. There was a timeline. He said, okay, you got X amount of time here. They would cry out against sin. They would cry out against the city. And when he'd had enough and when time was up, he said, okay, that's enough. No one's repenting. Judgment. Or the end of whatever was going on at that time. And so here when he's, he, they say, hey, look, you go buy your own stuff. You got to get your own. I can't get you in. It wasn't my responsibility to get you in. Pastor, I think you mentioned something like this morning. I can, I can pray for Sean. I can pray for Sean. But at the end of the day, Sean's got to pray for himself. At the end of the day, you got to get your own oil. At the end of the day, you've got to figure it out yourself. Uh, th this could definitely be linked in, and connected to working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Fear and reverence for the Lord. It's on you. That's, that's a basket that you have to deal with on your own. And you have to follow the calling that God has put in front of you. You have to be obedient to what God is telling you personally. And, and really, all bets are off when it comes to that because too often we fashion our lives after someone else. We're looking at what someone else is doing and what someone else is saying and all of that. And in this circumstance, we've seen that playing around and giggling. Now, they didn't say they was playing and giggling, but they were unprepared. And, and Pastor, you mentioned this morning, you mentioned distraction. And that's exactly what the Lord has been speaking to my heart with the giggling and laughing. He said, people are distracted. And I'm not just saying this. I want to tell you, please. I'm not just telling you this because Pastor said this this morning. I'm telling you this because it's been burned on my heart. It's been something that God has been dealing with me about. It's made me rethink everything that I do. And, and, and I've done the same thing. I've fallen, into the same, I've fallen into the same boat. I could easily use the excuse and say, but I'm really busy. I'm telling you. It's not going to hold up when I stand before God. But I've been really tired. I don't, I'll tell you something. I don't think he cares. I don't think he comes. Yeah. And I don't say that as a degrading thing. I say that we are so spent on everything else that we do not have enough energy for God. We're so spent. We're exhausted. And I know we got to make a living. I know we got to do things. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's, remade, it's made me rethink some things about the approach that I make to God. And I'm about to get into some scriptures here that's, that really moved me. We're going we're gonna to continue here. Um, so he's telling them, you got to buy and sell for yourself. You got to go take care of it. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they who were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. What does the door represent? The end of a timeline. Time, season, done. And I could actually go back through here, and I, and I know that it's not, it's not going to line up, per se, with maybe the Greek interpretation. God moved on me and simply showed me that there were timelines in this. 
You had a time to, uh, you had a time knowing that you slumbered and slept. There was a time frame. There was a time frame to awaken and to get ready. And there was a time frame to go in. Time frame, time frame, time frame. Door shut, end of time frame. No more time. I think that was really interesting too because when time is over, when, you're not, when we're not here anymore, you understand that this, in this, in this uh, space that we live in, there is time. But see, in the spiritual realm, there is no time. Time doesn't exist. And so when the door's shut, time's gone. No more time. And I know that we say, and you probably, you know, people wonder, I've, I've heard this before. You know, the, man, the message is, pastor preached, the message you preach, you guys, and y'all are saying some hard stuff. You know, y'all are always, what do you want me to do? You, what do you want pastor to do? You want me to tell you some stuff to make you feel good? It's not the time for feeling good right now. I believe it's the wrong season. I believe that season is, is somewhere back there. It's not the time. That's not the message of the day. The message is you better have your lamps ready. Amen. That's the message of the day. The message of the day is there better be oil in that lamp. And that the cry is being made. I believe we're at, this is the, as a function of the Holy Spirit this morning, we are in the cry season. Cry is being made. You got a chance right now. This is the opportunity. This is the chance to get it all straightened out. This is the chance, really, honestly, this is the time to forgive. We're in the season of forgiveness. If you need to forgive, forgive. If you got bitterness, here's the season. We're in it. Let it go. Um... If, if there needs to be amends made or even coming back to the place that you need to be with God, maybe you haven't been walking in step with the Holy Spirit, you got some time to get it lined up because the cry is being made. He's saying, everybody that will hear, hear me. I'm coming. I'm fixing to get my bride, and I'm taking her to be, go home with me. Y'all better get ready. And that echoes in my heart. And, you know, as many times as I've heard these, the message, I've heard that many, many times. I said, I know you're coming back. I know you're coming back, but there's just something about it now, being in this season, that echoes so strongly and, and really wrecks my satisfied soul and is bringing me out of places that I have been. Ain't no more sleeping. <laughs> Ain't no more sleeping. You, can't, you say, you know, can't be sleeping on the job, right? You know the saying? He had no time to be sleeping no more because he's coming in. So the door shut, and then the end of that timeline, the timeline was over. And the door was shut, and afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. I can only assume, in verse 11, that they had done what they were supposed to do and make the assumption. Because remember, what was the task? What were they supposed to go get? The oil, right? So they had a recognition of what they needed to do. They just simply done it too late. Right? No, but we're all in this together, right? It's all the same across the board. You know, we're all the same. We're all in church the same. We're all doing this. We're church people. Church people, all church people go to heaven. Rethink it. Rethink it. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that to be derogatory or to tear anybody down. That's not what it's meant to do. It is to meant to open our eyes that we are playing a high-risk game, so to speak. A high-risk game and souls are what's at stake. High risk. And we often, let me just say this, we often look at someone else's soul. What about our own? And I know that you're worried about other souls. That's fine. But what about your own? And 
do you got the oil that it's gonna take to make it home when he comes? Are you equipped to go home? Think about it. Forget about telling someone else about it if you ain't got it yourself. You need to go buy right now. You need to go do some selling and trading, whatever it takes. You get what I'm saying? You need to make it right with God now. And so we can line up and then be ready for his return. And he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. I don't know you. I don't know you, which has got to be the most awful phrase to be told. Biblically wise, from front to back, I think that's the most awful I can, I can think of. I don't even know you. Don't know you. Now, as much as that you, we've had a relationship with the Lord. Now, think about this. Now, this is what, this is what sets a lot of people off. A lot of people don't understand this because they say, but, you know, we're in church and we do church things and we do all those things. Remember, that's exactly what he said in the last days or, or when in judgment when he stood before him. And what did they say, Pastor? You said it this morning. But we cast demons out in your name and we've done all these things in your name. And I got to really thinking about that and I thought, nowhere in that did I see a conversation with the sinner. He was only talking to people who said they'd work for him. Now that ought to really ruffle you up a bit and make you think. Once again, it comes back. He's always constantly dealing with the church and it's always coming down to the church's fault or the church's responsibility and what the church didn't do or what the church should have done. And it's always coming down to that line. And that has really, really pushed me. I've really been looking at Revelation and looking at what he spoke to the churches. I texted pastor the day. It absolutely wrecked me spiritually and in a good way and i read what he had told the church of ephesus i didn't get any farther than that and i stopped and i just worshiped and praised i said i've still got time i still got time lord i still got time to line up with the way that you've asked us to line up correctly and pastor isn't the church of ephesus what we believe that the current modern day church is at right now isn't that what it's kind of overall said it it, it most matches it a lot of people see it as, as a continual historical pattern, but it's really not. Got you. All of them are involved. Yes. I think the one now is Laodicea. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. But again, the various things that he comments on affect all of them. Yes. And, 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 yeah, he said some, if you read that, if you study that, there are some really hard things that are said in that. And, that, and I spoke about them a little bit this morning but just moving, moving things that when he tells these people, you even recognize evil and false prophets and you, you weed them out, but you still don't love me though. And I got a problem with that. Man, that's, that's some, that's some, the siren should be going off, but you don't, you don't love me. You don't love me. And remember, who's he coming back for? A bride, who he loves and who loves him. That's what the whole parable is about, is being in love. And I'm going to bring you to be with me, and we're going to spend eternity together. What's he going to, why are we, why is he coming after somebody that don't love him? You with me? Think about that. Okay. And then he says, um, um, verse 12, but he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man come. You don't know. He said, you don't know when I'm going to make the return. So be ready. Be prepared. All right, I want to take you one more spot. 
tonight. Let's go to Revelation. We're going to go there. Um, let's go to chapter 3. Let's just start in verse 14, because that's where Laodicea starts, okay? Chapter 3, verse 14 of Revelation. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says... The Lord, amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works. Didn't you say that this morning, Pastor? I know your works. He said, I know your works. I know what you're doing. I know you ain't going to hide nothing from me. I'm just reiterating what Pastor said this morning. I'm not telling you anything new on that at all. He says, I know your works. Now, what's, what's interesting, too, is if you go back here, he cuts right to the ch chase with Laodicea. He didn't waste no time. The other ones, I mean, he's got some other things to say. I mean, he just cuts right in on Laodicea, and he just tells them like it is. He's like, oh, look, I need to tell you all something. He says, I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. Now, how many, before I even get into that, how many have heard the scripture? Amen. Right, I've heard this, like, tons of times. It's like, man, you're, you're not telling me anything I don't already know, Tanner. Listen, listen for just a second. Cold is, uh, uh, zit, uh, so gross. Cold me is so gross in the Greek. It means chilly. Cold nor hot. Hot is zetos, which means boiled. Boiled. And, and isn't, the, isn't the idea to go as deep with God, get into the waters? Amen? Anybody with me? It's interesting that hot would have to do with boiled. <laughs> boiled. Get in, get in over your head and, and, and let, the, let the, the heat of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, envelop you and, and, and begin to, uh, to boil you. But he says here, he said, you're, but you're neither one of those. I would that you were cold or hot, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Now, this is the reasoning. This is, I'm going to give you a bit of reasoning, and this is why people, uh, if you don't read this and slow down on it, you'll miss that. It's that in our culture... Somewhere in between is a good thing. In our culture, somewhere in between is a good thing. That's the way they look at it. It's like, well, it's, it's cool to be kind of in church, but kind of not. It's kind of cool to be for sin, but kind of not. It's kind of cool to kind of side with them when they put the pressure on you and then back out of it when they're not looking. That's lukewarm. That's what that is. That's lukewarm living. But if you look at what the way God puts it and the way that he maps out the parameters, he says, I don't do that. That's not the way I do it. The way I do it is you're going to be one way or you're going to be the other, but I sure enough don't do in-betweens. I don't do that. The idea is that, see, when you're, you know, when you're, you're cold, that you can be, you can still be dealt with, you can be rescued, you can be pulled out. The fact that you're hot is exactly where you need to be. But see, there's something dangerous about being lukewarm. 
There's something dangerous about being in between. And it's kind of like uh, a cup. Uh, you ever heard the old saying, you say, is, is the cup half empty or is it half full? You ever heard that? Well, that depends. And the answer is, it depends. Is it being filled up or is it being poured out? Which is it? And I believe that's exactly the danger of being lukewarm because <coughs> lukewarm, we don't know where you're going. I don't know if you're going to side with the hot. I don't know if you're going to side with the cold. You're somewhere in between. You're not either one. And God says, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like the fact that you're that way. You're going to have to make a decision. And, and when he says, because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out. There's actually a scripture, I don't have it. And I actually found this the, uh, the other day, that there's a scripture that it, it talks about the enemy gulping you down. I thought that was interesting. I said, the enemy gulping you down, if you allow him to. I thought it's funny, you get spewed out of the Lord's mouth, the enemy grabs you and gulps you down. Oh man, that's lousy. <laughs> that's, that's, a bad, that's a bad place to be in. That's a bad situation. But lukewarm, now let me tell you, let me define it for you. Lukewarm means you're kind of pursuing God, but you're kind of not. Lukewarm means you're kind of, you're kind of into the church scene, but you're kind of not. Lukewarm means I kind of love the Lord, but he does some things that are questionable. Lukewarm means that, man, I know what the Bible says, but all my friends say it's okay. And there's a spot that you get in that becomes the lukewarm individual. Mm-hmm. Half-heartedness. Half-heartedness. You're kind of you in it, but you're kind of not. And so this is, as, as Pastor preached that message this morning, and once again, it is still impended upon my heart, the season is to cry right now. And if this is where we find ourselves, if you search your soul tonight and you say, I hear what you're saying. I kind of find myself somewhere in there. You got the time frame. Time frame is on your on your side right now. The time frame is on your side. But I don't know how much of the time frame we have left. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much time we have left. It's my job. It's pastor's job to tell you the absolute truth about what the Lord has been doing and what he's how he's been dealing. And and, and him and I have had these conversations uh, recently about the timeline and, and what we think where we think this thing is headed and where we think this thing is going. And I don't know exactly where it's all going to head as a nation, but I know spiritually it has slipped out so far. I'd have never thought I'd seen it happen so fast. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. But now is the time not for lukewarmness. It's not, it's not the time. I think that we automatically think as Christians that because we do come to church, you gotta define lukewarm. I said this this morning, you gotta define it. I think we think, oh, it's the people that don't come in the church at all. Those are the lukewarm people. No. No, the danger, remember, the danger is the one with the lamp that didn't have no oil in it. Uh-huh. That's the one that's got the problem. We're not talking about the people that ain't carrying a lamp. We're talking about the people that got the lamp, but ain't got the right stuff in it. That's what we're talking about. So there is a cry that's been made. There's a cry, and we have a bit of time to make sure that we can stir these things up with the Lord. And to make sure that we're not lukewarm, that we are that we are where we need to be with God, that we are hot, you boiled, if you want to put it that way, that I'm boiled, I'm boiled with the Lord. I went into deeper waters, and they heated up, and I got what I needed from God. 
He said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. I'll reject you. He said, I'll reject that. Anybody want to be rejected of the Lord? No. Nope. Don't want to be rejected. Because you say I am rich and increased with goods. Sounds like Western culture. And have need of nothing. And knowest not that you are wretched and miserable, poor, blind, and naked. He said, you think you're this way. Yeah. You think you got everything you need, but you actually don't. You don't have anything, as a matter of fact. You don't got nothing. He said, I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in fire. Man, that's good stuff. Yeah. I counsel you. He said, I counsel you. Take advice from me. He said, I'm giving you. He, said, he said, child, look, sit down here for a second. Let me talk to you. Uh-huh. Let me counsel you for just a minute. Buy gold from me. Buy from me tried in fire. Assuredly, whatever you get from him, I assure you, whatever you, whatever you venture out to do for the Lord, you're going to have to be tried in order for it to be worth anything. Amen. You're going to have to be tried. Okay, he said, that you may be rich. And isn't that what everyone's wanting right now? I mean, don't you see that? To, sh- sh- just all through our culture, I want to be rich. I want to have a lot of money. I want to have lots and lots of money. I want to be rich. And, and I've talked about this before, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I'd say this really for the younger, the younger people that are in here, is that you may not know this or, or not, but you actually are rich. By all definition, you're in about the, I don't know, seven or eight percentile of the entire world population, seven or eight percent of the entire, entire world population that is the richest on the face of the planet. Just because of where you live. So if you were wanting to be rich, I would just want to go ahead and tell you now, you're already there. Yeah. <laughs> you're already there. You say, well, I've got to acquire it. No, no, you got it. It's there. I mean, literally, you are in the richest place that you could be in on the face of the planet right now. Yeah. It's here. Mm-hmm. But what the Bible is saying here is that your interpretation of rich is twisted. He said, this stuff is what makes a man rich. This stuff is what makes a woman rich. And white raiment that you may be clothed and that the shame of your nakedness do not appear. Actually, if you'll read back to what he said to the other churches, he actually mentions this a couple times to them. Hey, if you'll change, you get the white raiment. And I'm paraphrasing. That's exactly what he says, though. If you change from your ways and you repent and you come back to me, I'll give you a white raiment. Now, what that means in totality, I'm not 100% sure. Apparently, it's of high honor. (laughs) I don't know about y'all, but I want the white raiment. Anybody with me? And anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. Uh-huh. You can see. I'm going to stop right there. I talked tonight just on, on some, some things that I think that are pertinent right now. They're pertinent right now, important. We got, uh, we got, some, we got some major things going on. Pastor preached a message about prayer. And whatever you've been praying, pray extra, pray more. I hope that burns within you. I hope, that, I hope that's something that really does. I hope that burns within you. Because what tomorrow brings, I don't know. But I know that Sean, Sean here, he keeps all the messages. I mean, he's got these things. He's been posting them. He's got, do you guys realize that we got people listening to the messages here worldwide? What's the, what's the track on that? Where we got them at? England? Uh, England, uh, what is that? United Emirates. <laughs> right. Uh, Norway, Norway. Yeah, Norway. Norway. Australia. Australia. People listen to the word of God that comes out of this church in these places. And that, and Sean, Sean has dissected this, and, and I'm telling you this because I think this is very interesting. 
as, as he's listened to the words that have come through pastor, and he's listened to these other pastors, they're saying the same thing. Saying exactly the same thing. In other countries, on the other, in, out in Alaska, they're saying the same thing. Everybody, y'all need to be praying. Y'all need to be praying. Y'all get ready. Uh, there were some messages that come forth uh, before COVID hit. And what was so amazing is that God was already preparing us. Yeah. <laughs> he was preparing us through the words that we were getting. We did not realize what we were about to walk into, but God was like, I'm trying to get you ready. Something's about to happen. So do I know when the Lord's about going to make his return? I don't know, but the cry's been made. The season right now, you're in cry time. The cry's been made. Get ready. I hope that you're ready. Well, for over a month, we've been, you have, and mm -hmm. Brother John, and I've even mentioned myself, <laughs> but you can't. You know, and it's, it's been this way for now for several times of uh, yeah. preaching and teaching and everything. But you can't just you can't serve God halfway. No. And it, it's been it's been a long deal. Yeah. And it's the same. Yeah. On the same line. Yep. Same line. Yeah. And, and any time the Holy Spirit does that, we know that it's for a reason. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to come in here. I am not going to come in here and give you a copycat message. I'm not going to come in here. I feel like it's my it's my job to reinforce what Pastor said. That's my job is to reinforce what he said. But I will follow the Holy Spirit, and when I follow the Holy Spirit, they seem to coordinate, they seem to line up. Yeah. Amen. And we're saying the same stuff. The Holy Ghost is trying to say something not just to the rest of the world. We're trying to say something to Rock Harbor Church. Amen. I take you know you you've heard it before. Don't take it personal. No, take it personal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> take it personal. Mm -hmm. This is for Rock Harbor. It's word for Rock Harbor. The the message this morning was for Rock Harbor. Not for anyone else. Yes. It's for you. But that's it. A bunch of them on TV say you better. Those preaching, you better get straightened out. Now. Better get straightened out. Absolutely. All right. If you would stand, Pastor, do we have any announcements or anything before we dismiss tonight? Okay. Sunday night. Sunday night. Ah. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, I just want to tell you that it's a privilege and an honor to be in this place tonight, Amen. preaching God's word. It's a privilege and an honor. I, I, love, I love what God has put in my life and where he's put me in my life. I love what I'm doing. And I hope that you understand that it's not a, it's not a doldrum to have to come to church. Man, we got to come to church again. We got to do We got to go and we're going to sing the songs. Then we're going to hear a little bit of word and we're going to go home. If that's what it is to you, then I think we're off track. Yeah. We have an opportunity to be here and this is something we should take joy in. I'm happy tonight. Amen. I'm happy to be here. Oh, hallelujah. So, with that said, I'm going to dismiss. Uh, I'm going to ask Pastor if you would, Pastor, if you would dismiss us properly. We're grateful for this day. We just thank you, Lord, for this word that's come forth. And we just, again, pray for our people that need you. That's yes, Father. Their bodies to be healed. Yes, Lord. And Lord, that you'd be with them and provide them with your healing grace. Uh, we just ask you, Lord, to bless each one here and uh, be with them in all that they do and their going and coming. Help us all to serve you and seek you and more than we have ever in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless y'all.